Let's stand for the reading of the word and thank you. That was a beautiful song. Really nice voices. Thank you, girls. Mary's message to moms. Of course, I'm going to talk about Mother's Day today. The greatest mother of all time. Most famous mother of all time. Mary. Not Mother Teresa. But Mary. And let me read out of Luke chapter 1, verse 46. And let's just start right there. And... uh, Read what you see on the screen. Mary said, now this is jumping in the middle of Mary's song is what it's called. Mary's song. It's her giving praise for what the angel has told her he's going to do or God is going to do. She said, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant from now on. All generations will call me blessed. Can I shoot straight with you today? Mary doesn't answer prayers. We don't pray to Mary. Mary doesn't intercede for us. Jesus does. Mary doesn't answer prayers. Jesus does. But here's why she's honored. Because God chose her to bring forth His only begotten Son, to be the vessel by which the Son of God would come forth. And God would wrap himself in skin and become one of us. So that's why we honor Mary. We're going to talk about her today. Let's pray together. Father, we just thank you right now for this incredible woman of faith. And what we see recorded about her in the Word of God and how it speaks to us. I pray that not one person leaves this sanctuary today without being changed, transformed, by the power of God. Search us out, Lord. Touch our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You can be seated. Let me talk to you about Mary a little bit and the message that she has for moms and for all of us. And I want to keep it real. You know, so often we take these people in the Bible and we, we make them seem like we could never achieve what they did, like they're way beyond us, but they weren't. All of the people of the Bible were just people. They were just people that God decided to deal with. Mary's no different. So I'm not going to hold up an unrealistic uh, ideal of her. I'm not going to put a halo over her head. She was just a young teenage girl that God spoke to and God called. And I'm also very aware that some of you probably didn't come to church on Mother's Day excited uh, because your mother's no longer alive, and it's hard for you to, to... Come to a service that emphasizes motherhood. And I understand that. And being real, others of you don't care much for your mom. Your experience with your mother needs some healing. And she may not have been a great mom. You may have been hurt a lot by her. And so this kind of stings today. And I understand that and want you to know that our prayers are with you and God will heal you. And Some of you actually might be single dads who are here today, and you're trying to help your children understand why their mother hurt them like she did. Some mothers are mothers, but not moms. And so there's pain. And I believe in God to heal that today as well. And you dads, you're doing, if you're raising them alone, hats off to you. And likely, no doubt, that in a congregation of this size, there are some of you who have had the tragedy of losing a child. And because of that, 
this stings. This makes you remember what you have lost. It's not easy. And I've watched people heal the souls of moms and dads. I've watched God heal their souls who have lost children. And God can do it and He will do it. And there's probably some mothers here today who wish you didn't have kids. <laughs> and I know there are women, women here who would give anything to have a child. And heretofore you have been barren and may be barren the rest of your life based on your situation. Well, you know what? God will give you spiritual children. Mark it down. He will. So what I'm going to share today, I believe, transcends these possibilities that I've just named. And what I'm going to share is going to apply to everybody, men and women, uh, all believers across the spectrum, because Mary teaches us some powerful, powerful spiritual truths out of her own life. Uh, And let's be honest, motherhood is not easy. It's not glamorous. Things don't always turn out the way you had hoped. And no mom can do it perfectly. Amen, moms? One mother said, the joy of motherhood for me is what I experience when the kids are all in bed. (laughs) Motherhood is where youthful idealism meets the tough jolt of reality. A mother talking to an old college friend said this, before I was married, I had three theories about raising children. Now I've got three children and no theories. <laughs> and that's it. Things don't always go the way moms hope. As a matter of fact, the Bible's clear about that. Eve, the first mother, watched her first child become a murderer and a fugitive. Think about it. The first child born of the human race became a murderer and a fugitive, and Eve had to watch that. Moses' mother had to give him up for adoption. She had no other choice. Samuel's mother, the great prophet Samuel, released him as a mere child to serve in the temple. And she only got to see him once a year. That was her motherhood experience. It was not a happy skip down the yellow brick road. There were some trials, some deferred hope, some disappointments. It was up and down. It was good and bad. And you know, I've noticed mothers, stop and think about it, they're interesting because they all tend to kind of come up with the same lingo, the same verbiage, the same phrases. Let me give you some examples. Don't be smart with me. I thought you wanted me to be smart. Or how about this one? You are going to have fun. Here's one. Mothers teach us about foresight. They say, make sure you wear clean underwear in case you're in an accident. (laughs) Thanks a lot. You're always thinking about me. Mothers teach us about logic. If you break your leg, don't come running to me. (laughs) Mothers teach us about maturity. Eat your vegetables or you're never going to grow up. Mothers teach us about religion. You better pray that comes out of the carpet. (laughs) Mothers teach us about time travel. If you don't straighten up, I'm going to knock you into the middle of next week. (laughs) Mothers teach us about contradictions. Shut your mouth and eat your dinner. 
mothers teach us about contortionism. Will you look at that dirt on the back of your neck? <laughs> mothers teach us about perseverance. You're going to sit there until you eat every last bit of that broccoli. <laughs> mothers teach us about genetics. You're just like your father. You ever notice that, dads? When they do wrong? <laughs> yeah. Mothers teach us about the weather. It looks like a tornado swept through this room. And mothers teach us about the circle of life. I brought you into this world, and I can take you out. Mothers are always teaching, right? But I want to pluck three things out of the life of Mary that are going to teach all of us something today. Amazing young woman. I want to talk, first of all, about her faith. Mary's incredible faith. Keep in mind, when the angel of God appeared to her, she was about 15. Now think about every 15-year-old you know. What are they usually doing? Texting? What are they usually doing? Doing something on that iPhone, on the phone, involved in technology, doing 15-year-old things. This young Jewish girl, Mary, was around 15 years old, and the angel of God appeared to her, and she was engaged to be married. They got married young in those days. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, and all of a sudden she has a visitation from an angel of God that is just a mind-blowing experience. She was told that something was going to happen to her that was unprecedented in the history of the whole world. It had never happened before. It will never happen again. It doesn't need to. The angel said to her, now I'm assuming, we can only assume he appeared visibly before her eyes. Mighty angel of God, not just any angel, an archangel, Gabriel. An archangel. The supreme, the creme de la creme, the ultimate angelic visitation. And he says, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Well, it says Mary was greatly troubled, understandably. She was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. What does he want with, what is this? But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. And he moved on into some very heavy stuff. You will be a child, and you will give birth to a son. And you're going to give him the name of Jesus. He's going to be great, and he will be called, wait a minute, the Son of the Most High. Now, things are okay till right about then. Because, you know, I know I'm going to have a, a child. I mean, I'm about to get married. I'll have a child, have a family, white picket fence, spot running around in the front yard. We're going to have a family. We're going to be a nice little happy Jewish family. But then God, through the angel, says, yet this boy is going to be the son of the Most High. Now, maybe I didn't hear him right. So she says, how will this be? Am I hearing you right? How will this be? since I am a virgin. Oh, now wait a minute. I'm a virgin. Now, what are you saying to me, God? Because I'm about to be married, but having a child is, is a ways off. What are you telling me exactly? And the angel proceeded to blow her mind and challenge her faith. He said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. 
and the power of the Most High is going to overshadow you like a cloud. And so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Joseph will not be the daddy. For nothing is impossible with God. Now we run up straight up against a supernatural statement. Either the supernatural is real or it's not. See, you can't come to the Christian faith without dealing with two miracles, a virgin's womb and an empty tomb. You got a virgin's womb and an empty tomb. A virgin conceived. A virgin. She was a virgin still when she had that baby. And an empty tomb. So we were on smack up against a, an incredible miraculous statement on the part of this angel. And something that you've got to deal with. Being a Christian doesn't mean going to church, sitting in a building, and thinking that's going to hatch you into being a Christian. Any more than sitting in a garage makes you a car. Or in a bakery makes you a loaf of bread. Sitting here doesn't do this to you. How do you become a Christian? You've got to deal with a miracle. Two of them. Virgin's womb, empty tomb. Christianity begins with a miracle, ends with a miracle, and sandwiched in between. Miracle after miracle after miracle performed by a supernatural God. Supernatural God who said, I'm going to overshadow you, young lady. And we know that later... God gave Joseph a dream and said, That which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. The power of the Most High is going to overshadow you. And there's going to be a supernatural conception inside of you, Mary. A supernatural conception so that that child that is born, you're the mama, but the daddy is God. This young teen engaged to be married, think about it, 15 years old, dealing with a statement like this. She knew there was supposed to be a Messiah. She had grown up in the synagogue. This was not news to her about a Messiah, but that she would be the one to bring forth this child by the direct intervention of the Holy Spirit and that her boy would actually be God's only begotten son, the Christ, the awaited Messiah, the Redeemer of the human race. That God's going to invade this planet via a virgin's womb. Now, I, I recently noticed, getting ready for this, that Mary was a woman of unforgettable one-liners. Great one-liners. Her one-line response to the angel speaks more than a library of books. Just think about this one-line statement she made in response to the angel be it unto me according to your will. Wow. Now, stop a minute. Watch this. God came to her and said, I'm going to do something supernatural on the inside of you, within you. You are going to experience a supernatural conception. Doesn't he say the same thing to you and to me? He says... Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said, you must be born again. What is he talking about? Well, the Bible says that we have within us a new birth. It's called the new birth. It's called the new birth. 
If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation, a new birth. The old has passed away, all has become new. What is the claim of the gospel? No, we're not going to bring forth a physical child, but the claim of the gospel is if you come to Christ, there's going to be a supernatural conception in you. And it will be done by the Holy Ghost. Think about it. Now, here's what blows my mind about Mary. She did not say what, what I think I might would have said. You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> or how about, why me? Or here's the biggie. How will I explain this pregnancy to my fiancé, Joseph? Hey, Joseph, I'm pregnant. You're what? It's okay. God did it. Uh-huh. Right. God did it? Sure. We know that God did speak to Joseph in a dream and said, don't worry about it, Joseph. She wasn't unfaithful. That which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. But listen, the true believer, the true Christian can say, there is something conceived in me, in me of the Holy Spirit. That which is conceived in me is of the Holy Spirit. That which is conceived in me, this new nature, Christianity is not going, well, give me the rule book. I'm going to be a Christian. Give me the rule book. Here's a rule book. Don't this, don't that. Don't smoke, drink, chew, run with the boys that do. Have no more fun. Grab your Bible. Get straight-laced. Live a boring life and then go to heaven. That is not it. That's not it. No, he says... Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit will conceive a new nature inside of you so that you don't go to church because you've got to do it because of the rule book. You go to church because you want to be with the saints and you can't wait to worship God. He changes your want to. He changes your desires. He changes your nature, your makeup. And here's why some people never let God do it. They look at their life and they go, I'm such a mess. I'm such a mess. How could this happen? How can he ever change me? See, I thought that when I was 16 years old, sitting in juvenile home for a drug charge. Sitting in juvenile home. And I heard the gospel. And I heard the invitation to receive Christ. And one of the first things that went through my mind is, he can't change me. I'll never be able to live up to it. I'll never be able to do it. And I did not understand that it is not I that has to do it, that it is God who does the work in me. Please understand this. God does the work in you. You, you don't carry some heavy load. Jesus said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. I haven't come to lay a bunch of commandments and rules on you. I've come to set you free on the inside. So, so he does this by a supernatural conception within you where you are delivered from death to life, from blind to sight, from hell to heaven, from dead to living. He creates in you a brand new life. So, so what you got to do is this. When you hear this claim that God wants to change your life, don't look at yourself and go, what a mess, what a mess. How could he change this? Look up and say, be it unto me. According to your word. If you can just remember that one-liner, be it unto me. How many times in life do we need to say, well, I don't understand how it's going to happen. I don't know how God's going to bring it about. 
I can't imagine this taking place, but you know what, Lord? That's not for me to figure out. Be it unto me according to thy word. Be it unto me. According to your word. Because God can do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask for or even think about. God is in the miracle working business. Can I tell you today, we're not worshiping some idea. We're not worshiping a philosophy. We're not worshiping a religion. Jesus isn't one of many options. We're worshiping a risen Savior who has said, come to me and I will change your life. I will change you. I'll give you a brand new nature. People five years from now won't believe that it's you because of what I've done in your life. Can we say it together, this great one-liner, be it unto me, according to thy word. Now, what are you needing to believe God for today? What is it, a restoration, a deliverance? Wisdom, an answer, direction, peace, strength, money. And you look around, you go, I don't know how it's going to happen. Let's say it again together. Be it unto me, according to thy word. She left the rest to him. We could stop right there and say, thank you, Mary. That's a great lesson, but she didn't end there. Because another thing I see about Mary is her wisdom. She had incredible faith. Fifteen years old, be it unto me, of course. Sure, I'll bring forth God's Son. Be it unto me. But she had also great wisdom. Fast forward to Jesus' life. Fast forward 30 years. He's now a 30-year-old man. He's beginning his ministry. She has raised him without one time having to say, don't do that. Can you imagine that? Stop that. Don't lie. Tell the truth. The dude was always telling the truth. Can you imagine a child like this? Never got whooped. Never got corrected. He was a joy to raise. He's always a wonder to have around. Always a smile, always a good word. Never a criticism. Never sinned with his tongue. Never sinned with his thoughts. Never sinned with his actions. Boy, what would that be like to raise that? But now... He's 30 years old. He's launching into his ministry. First thing he goes to, to show his power and begin to reveal to the world who he was, was a wedding between a man and a woman. These days, you've got to say that. Ooh, Pastor Jeff, watch out. Well, it was a man and it was a woman. He went and he blessed that. Now, He's at the wedding. Celebration's going on. It's a high time at the wedding in Cana. This couple has been married. They're happy. They're rejoicing. They're dancing. And the wine runs out. Mary, Mother Mary, was there. So she went to him, and she said this to him. They have no more wine. Now, Jesus answered her. It sounds callous, but Jesus either spoke to you as Messiah or he spoke to you as man. If he was speaking as a man, he would have called her mother. But speaking as Messiah... He called her woman. So he said, woman, that's not our problem. He said, my time has not yet come. He's speaking messianically there. But now comes Mary's second great one-liner. She turned to the servants and said, whatever he says to you, do it. That's the best advice a mother ever gave. 
You want to give your children good advice? Whatever Jesus tells you, do it. You'll be blessed. Whatever Jesus tells you, walk it. You'll be blessed. Whatever Jesus tells you, take it. He is the ultimate philosopher, the greatest teacher, the most brilliant mind to ever trod planet Earth. There's never been another one like him. He was God wrapped in skin. He was all God, all man, all man, all God. He never made a mistake. He saw straight through every problem, every mystery, every issue, every dilemma, every perplexity. There was nothing hidden from him. He knew what was in men. He looked at you, scanned you, knew you before he ever heard you. And she said, you got a problem. Here's how you answer the problem, how you deal with it. Whatever he tells you, whatever he tells you, do it. Now, I don't know what your problems are today, but I promise you, here's the answer. Whatever he tells you, do it. Whatever he tells you, do it. Well, I'm trying to get a lot of other input. Why? Why, why waste time? Because this book holds the answer to every problem. I'm telling you, it does. That may sound narrow, may sound ignorant, may sound kind of backwoods or right-wing extremist. That's okay. Call it what you want. I've read the philosophers. I've read the thinkers. And I'm going to tell you, they always ended up thinking themselves into a pretzel. They thought too much. They had too much time on their hands. If you want to know who's got the answer for your problem, whatever he says to you, do it. If it's in your marriage, whatever he says to you, do it. If it's in your money, whatever he says to you, do it. If it's temptation, whatever he says to you, do it. He is the answer. He is the wisdom. He is the knowledge. He is the understanding. There's not another one like him. Before the problem arrived, he already had the answer. He's already waiting at the end for you to arrive. Jesus has the answer to your issue. He just does. So they said, well, okay, Jesus, what do you want us to do? And he told them something they did not understand. Put a, fill a bunch of water pots with water. Well, wait, no, no, no. You don't understand, Jesus. They're out of wine. He said, just do what I'm telling you to do. Fill the water pots with water. See, sometimes what he tells you to do doesn't make sense, but it will work out in the end. For instance, pray for those who despitefully use you and persecute you. That makes no sense, but he said, do it. Do good to those that hate you. Well, I don't, I don't want to do good to somebody that hates me. He said, just do it. Just do what I'm telling you to do. Bless those that curse you. Well, I want to go whoop those who are cursing me. No, God says, bless those who curse you. Well, that doesn't make sense, well, but I'll do it. Whatever he says to you, just do it. So they filled up these water pots with water, and behold, when they looked in, they had become wine. So good, so incredible tasting, that the host of the party said, you've saved the very best for last, because whatever God does is best. It's best. Mm. So here's another second, uh, another one-liner, the second one. Whatever he says to you, do it. I don't know what you're facing, but I'm going to tell you whatever he's telling you to do. And if you don't know what he tells you to do, let me give you some examples real quick. Jesus says, believe on me. If you want to know something he said to do, believe on me. And listen carefully to me. Life begins when you believe on him, not believing that he was a historical person but believing on him, what he said about himself, 
He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. You're not going to get to the Father but through me. If you don't believe on me, you're condemned already. If you believe on me, you have passed from death to life. Believing on him, that is, putting faith in who he said he was. Believe on him. He said, God so loved the world, he gave me. He's the one quoting this verse. John three sixteen is what he said. He said, God so loved the world that he gave me, his only begotten son, that whoever believes on me will not perish but we'll experience everlasting eternal life on the spot. We're already in eternal life. When I go to heaven, I'm going to be in eternal life. No, it's already started. If you're born again, your eternal life has already begun. You're, you're alive now. So he said, whoever believes on him will not perish, but have everlasting life. So Jesus said first, if you want to know where to begin, believe on him. But then he said, not only believe on me, but repent to me. Repent to me. Now, here's repentance. Repentance is not saying, well, I think that's wrong. Repentance is not saying, well, yeah, I did something wrong. That's not repentance. Repentance is you're going down the wide road that leads to destruction. Here you are, whistling as you go, and all of a sudden you encounter Jesus. Here he is. And what does Jesus say? He says, repent. You notice Jesus started his preaching ministry saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So he's, he, he really, he usually confronts us when just past him there is a cliff. And if we keep going, we're going off that cliff. His timing is exquisite. It is perfect. It is timely. It is strategic. So here you are, and here's Jesus. Repent and believe on me. Say, well, no, you know, later, and boom, off we go. But he says, repent, and if we repent, we say, I've sinned against you, I'm turning, I'm getting into a much narrower pathway, and I'm going to walk with you. And right as soon as you go, repent means turn around. I turn around. I take his hand, and I begin to walk with him. And that's the third thing he said to do. Follow after me. Follow after me. It's not just a matter of saying, well, I believe he's there, and now I've got my ticket to heaven. I've got a ticket to ride when the rapture comes. No. No, you're going, I repent. I believe on you. You're not just my Savior, you're my Lord. And that means that I follow after you, believe on me, repent to me, follow after me. So that the rest of my life, I'm following Jesus every day. What do you want me to do with this, Lord? What do you think about this, Lord? Uh, Which way do you want me to go with this, Lord? Because, see, he's bought me. I'm purchased. So my life isn't mine anymore. It never was in the first place, but we thought it was. But we were under the control of the devil, and we thought we had our own life, but we were really enslaved to the devil. But when, when we came to him, he purchased us with his precious blood. So now I'm following after him because he owns me. So that the, the, the minutest decisions he wants to be involved in, he'll help you find a key you lose. Lord, where'd that key go? I'm looking for a ring that I have lost. He knows where it is. He's going to show it to me. I'm believing God. 
But you know what? He knows the minutest things about you, who you're talking to, who you're running with, where your heart is, what your thoughts are. He knows it all. So, so Jesus said, Mary said, whatever he says to you, do it. What did he say is, tell us to do? Believe on him, repent to him, follow after him. If you will do just that, your life will be so blessed. So blessed. Now can we say together, believe on me, repent to me, follow after me. Now the last thing I want to talk about and we're going to close is Mary's loyalty, her loyalty. When Jesus was yet a child, Mary and Joseph walked into the temple. They had little baby Jesus with them, and this old man walked up to him. His name was Simeon. He took the child, held the child up, and said, Thank you, God. You told me that I would not die before I'd seen the Christ child. The Spirit bore witness to him that this was the Christ child. He turned to Mary, and he said, i got to tell you something, dear. Let me tell you what's coming. He said, A sword is going to pierce your own soul. There's always a price for giving God lordship. It's good, but there's always a price. Something in you has to die so that something else can live. And he said, a sword is going to pierce your own soul. What was he talking about? When Jesus was beaten, beard plucked out, thorns placed on his head, beaten beyond recognition, eyes were slits, blood running down, back whipped into a maze of mass of tissue, and they hung him on that cross. She was there. She was watching it, every bit of it. My boy, my son, my beloved child, God's son, the darling of my heart, there he is on that cross. And as she looked, sword pierced her own heart. And she stayed there to the very end. The bloody end. The heart-wrenching end. The impossibly brutal end. She stayed. And she stayed loyal to the end. Their bond, mother and son, there's no bond like it, remained to the end. How often does a mother have to watch their child in pain? How often? All the time. And, And sometimes they make bad decisions, terrible decisions. And, and the mother, the love never leaves. A normal mother, a mother whose heart has not been seared by sin, the conscience gone by sin, a normal mother, the love never dies. The love never goes away. And there she was, loyal to the end. And Jesus looked down from the cross, says, looked down from that bloody cross, slits for eyes, blood running down him, looked down and said, Dear woman, looked at his mother and said, Dear woman, Here's your son. And she pointed to the Apostle John. And then she, he pointed to John and said, or didn't point, he spoke and said, there's your mother. And he took care of his mother to the end. And it says from that moment on, John took Mary into his house and cared for her till the day that she died. Loyal loyal. What what do we learn from this woman? Incredible faith. Be it unto me according to your word. And then whatever he tells you, do it. That right there can last a life. But then loyal to Jesus to the end. 
the most famous mother of all time, modeled for us faith, wisdom, loyalty. Now, we could just take this, and it would last the rest of our days, wouldn't it? To the place where I say, Lord, I don't understand how it's going to happen, but be it unto me. Or, Lord, I don't have the answer for this, but you know what? I'm going to do what you tell me. And, Lord, no matter what comes my way, even if it's bloody and difficult, I'm not leaving you. I'm loyal to the end. Can we stand together? And I, I, I want to ask that no one leave. That We just kind of stay put for a minute. Time is great. The car and the restaurant will wait. I want you to think about your soul for a minute. Just think for a moment. Has that supernatural conception of the Holy Spirit happened in your heart? Well, I don't know, Pastor Jeff. Well, then, if you don't know, it probably hadn't. And you know that today you can have that supernatural miracle. The Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary, and there was a supernatural conception. When you come to Jesus, there is a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. It happens in your life. And it can happen today. And I want to be sure that no one who needs to or anyone interested in that or feeling like God is really touching my heart today, that I need to be sure this is done and you need to take care of that. Or what about just saying, Lord, I'm going to trust you in this situation. And I'm going to do what your word tells me to do. Whatever you say, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to obey you. With our heads bowed a moment. You can say, Pastor Jeff, you know what? I, I don't know that I've had that miracle of being born again and the supernatural conception you've been talking about, but I sure want to. Maybe you've walked with God in the past and you've gotten away and you need to be revived today. This is for you. You say, Pastor Jeff, I'm in one of those two categories. I'll let you pray for me. I will let you pray for me. I need what you're talking about. Would you slip your hand right up in the air where you are and don't be ashamed. Just... I'm going to pray for you when I see it. Put it up real high. I need him. God bless you. And God bless you and you and you and you, many of you. I want you to do something. Forget about everybody in this room. They don't matter. What matters is you and God, you and the Heavenly Father. If you raise your hand, I want to pray with you. I'm going to ask you to slip out and come right down here to the altar. Why do I have to come down there? Because it's a step of faith. As soon as you take one step, the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit will begin in your heart because it's a step of faith. So I want you to come right now as God is touching your heart. Don't be embarrassed of the Lord. Don't be ashamed of Him. If you need Him today, you come. You come now. As Heidi just plays lightly, I'm going to wait for you. We're going to wait for you. Thank you, Lord. Well, how do I know, Pastor Jeff, that I should do it? There's a nudge in your heart. You know that this was speaking to you and that God is dealing with you. He wants to bless you. 
He wants to bless you. I'm going to wait a moment longer. Slip out and come. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now I want to pray for those who can say, Pastor, I, I need a miracle from God. And I don't know how it's going to happen. But I am going to say to him today, be it unto me according to your word. And it's going to be a breakthrough. And when it happens, it's going to be incredible because it's only going to be God. And I want you to come down and I want to agree with you in prayer today. Be it unto me according to your word. I need a miracle and I am believing God for it. And I'm going to release my faith in this place today. Be it unto me according to your word. Be it unto me according to your word. Be it unto me according to your word. I'll tell you, the Lord is thick in this place right now. He is present. There's going to be some breakthroughs. I'm waiting just a moment longer. Keep coming. I sense the power to heal is here and the power to deliver. And I sense the Lord here with a word for your spirit saying, this is the way I want you to go. Walk ye in it. And then you're going to do it. I want you to listen to the inner man. You're the spirit of God within you. He's going to speak to you today, to some of you. Now let me pray for those that have come down. If you came down to get right with the Lord, slip your hand in the air and let me pray for you right now. God bless you, many of you. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you that you died for me. And there is no mess too great for you to clean up. No problem you cannot solve no obstacle you cannot overcome in my life I ask you today Lord take my life I'm bought with a price forgive me of all my sin wash me of all unrighteousness and may the spirit of God work that miracle in my heart born again by the power of God, washed by the blood of the Lamb. Now I want you to thank Him right now. Just say, Lord, thank you right now. Thank you that you heard that prayer. 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 Now I'm going to pray for healing and breakthrough. Lord, I just believe you for the healing of God right now. There is a presence here to heal, a presence here to deliver. And Lord, we just come to you with the obstacles, with the impossibilities. Lord, that we cannot scale that mountain alone. We cannot trek through that valley without help. Lord, we're asking you right now in the name of Jesus to make a way where there is no way. Lord, to open a door where there isn't one. Lord, to lead and give water in the desert. Lord, that the fire around us will not burn us. 
that though deep waters will not drown us, but Lord, you will carry us through. In the name of Jesus, every obstacle, I want everyone down here, give it to him right now. Just give it to the Lord right now. Just give it to him right now. And all of you in the audience, many of you, give him whatever it is that you're believing God to take off of your life. I'm believing God for miracles today. Lord, I pray for healing in bodies. I pray for deliverance from addictions and from habits that are destroying. I pray, Lord God, for deliverance from relationships that are destroying. And Lord, for the healing of relationships that need to be healed. And Lord, we believe you today on this Mother's Day that the supernatural power of the living God is being released. The same power that hovered over Mary and conceived in her that Christ child, that resurrection power that raised you from the dead, the same power will be released in this altar and in this audience today. Be healed and be delivered. In the mighty name of Jesus, you can do it through Him. You will do it through Him. In Jesus' mighty name. Now I want you to lift your hands and say, Lord, thank you for that miracle. I receive your answer. I receive your answer. I receive your answer. I receive the breakthrough of God. In the mighty name of Jesus. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. Quit saying that it is. Don't say that it's too hard for the Lord. It is not. And don't say, I don't have enough faith. You do. And don't say, my life's too big a mess. It's not. Thank you, Jesus, right now. Thank you, Lord, for your presence here. Thank you, Lord.